0: For your air candy with KK. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar hive
1: with coffee and candy, candy, candy. Yes, yes, yes. Cisco Kennedy, JC, we're in the studio. Coffee and candy. This
2: is. Air candy. Air candy, that's right. Volume 1, 2024, man. We made it. 2024, here we are. Yeah, happy to be here, Mondo. It's our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year to you. And is it a happy New Year? I hope it's going to be. (laughs) But today is a bittersweet beginning to 2024. Why is that? Because I feel fantastic. Well, let's talk about it. Um, You and I spent some time towards the summer of 2023. We coordinated a live set rooftop Uh, appearance that was filmed Mm -hmm. we had videographers on site a number of cameramen drones we put together a great 30 minute set and we were releasing it this week as sort of a gift to our fans a way of kicking off the new year i was super excited we had the the reels promoting it on instagram i was telling all my friends about it everything was great and then tell them what happened
1: We got an email uh, about how most of the audio, if not every single file in the actual uh, mix, um, goes against some sort of a copyright infringement. We don't have the ownership, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it's going to be muted. So
2: I'm like, okay, now what? (laughs) Well, listen, we got to figure out how to crack this code. I mean, listen, there are many people out there that are putting out music, many artists that are putting out you know, copywritten product, which gets picked up by DJs and fans and replayed and remixed and everything in between. And all we're doing is promoting the music of those other people by sharing the sets we created with their music uh, on the uh, YouTube platform. So why we're getting blocked We've got to figure out why. We're not earning money from this. We're not asking for anything in return. We didn't get paid to put together the set. In fact, we financed the entire thing with our own hard-earned money just so we could share the final product of our artwork with our fan base. We've got to figure out what the problem is.
1: Speaking of fan base, if anybody out there knows or has any detail, any information, just any bit of knowledge on this subject, please reach out text us uh, through Instagram or all the other social media platforms that like you can uh, like access us on. Let us know if you know anything about getting around this bullshit. Absol- <laughs> That's absolutely what it is. It's straight up bullshit. Somebody has to know. There has to be some uh, like I said, I-, I I think there's a way where you can take the audio, go up like a pitch or like a semitone um, that might throw off the algorithm of how it's being read and analyzed for the copyright file. I don't know. I'm throwing out a bunch of little gibberish now, but I know, like you said, every day there's millions and millions of videos uploaded with the same sort of content that we're doing. Um, So we we just have a lot more to learn. That's all. Not wrong with that.
2: And listen, (coughs) listen, I'm up for the challenge. It's a new year. A new year full of challenges as we continue on this journey. So hey, they can push us back, they can knock us down, but we're just gonna keep moving forward. <laughs> you shoot me down. That's right. But um, I get up. Let's uh l- let's just talk a little bit about
1: our rooftop set though. It's it's a 30-minute set. Yep. Okay, we are in the city of Providence, Rhode Island, which is our home base, our hometown. Uh this is something that you've had a vision for probably since day one. It'll be great to do a live set, you know, in the sky, overlooking the city. Um, and we planned it and planned it, and we did it, and it came out great. You were very much behind orchestrating the soundscape for it what songs should be in a sunset rooftop you know uh set not just anything sometimes like i like to do just randomly play you had a very particular way about how you wanted this thing to go which i find very fascinating so tell me about this process
2: well listen it's it's not a festival environment there's not a live crowd and the type of imagery that goes along with the rooftop set, uh, you know, is panned footage, stuff up close, stuff from afar, different angles. Uh, we're showing the cityscape of the city of Providence, the surrounding landscape of different aspects of the city. So I didn't want the music itself to be too high energy. Yeah. I also didn't want it to be too low tempo. So I think we were like right in like 124 BPM area, and I picked a lot of. Um, what I thought to be uh, popular commercial tracks that came out during the 2023 spring summer seasons.
1: And you did a great job picking them because there are quite a few in this set that when the time of that we recorded this, they were still sort of new. And now, months later, uh, they are gaining a lot of traction and they are becoming very popular. So great picks on every single song involved in this mix. Job well done on that.
2: Yeah, believe it or not, um, Sirius Satellites, BPM, now Channel 52, used to be Channel 51, just did their top 50 tracks of the year and many of the songs, if not all of the songs, that we selected back in July to do the set uh, made that top 50. Yeah,
1: you know how to pick them. You know how to pick them.
2: Listen, If, if I only it was that
1: easy with Powerball, right? <laughs> or, or, or horses. Either, <laughs> yeah. one, either one, I'd be independently wealthy, I guess. <laughs> so we're very excited to share both the audio portion, which we will put at the end of this episode, as we always have a music segment to go along with our Air Candy talk segment. Um, but of course, we have this great visual Uh, that we are ready to showcase out there. And it's just a matter of what platform are we going to be able to put it out there on. Maybe, like YouTube, hopefully it will go through. If not, I'm sure we can set up some private links of something that we can just throw up there on our social media, people can access. But again, anyone out there that has any knowledge about this particular subject when it comes to keeping live mixes up on YouTube please let us know and it will just help us bring you guys more cool, creative content
2: without a doubt. But we've got big plans for 2024.
1: Yeah. uh, Right now, after we're done recording this episode, we're actually heading down to a venue. Uh, It's a newer venue in town. And all we can say right now is that we are in the planning stages of uh, an upcoming event. We have a date in mind. It's locked in. And now it's just let's get the inner details of the night and timeline. So I'm very excited about doing a show to start off and kick off the new year with you
2: yeah i agree we've got a lot of great plans for new sets that we're going to be building we're going to try to put out a new set each month for all mm-hmm. of our fans that have been asking for more content folks that are listening to the podcast that liked what we did at tiki pete's that like the halloween block party they're asking for more consistent product like that so we're going to try to focus on that and, and in our journey together aside from that uh, i'm going to put on my uh student uniform, and start spending more time buckling down with the production software, both Logic and Pro Tools, which I'm excited about.
1: Yes, I think uh, for those who have been a fan, uh, keeping track of our catalog, our songs, our remixes, our edits, and our original content, you are going to notice a big jump. Um, We are definitely doubling down on the type of stuff that we are putting out there. It's no longer just let's get stuff out there so that we have stuff out there as as it once was when we first started. We just needed to kind of get on the scene. Now we've sort of uh, mapped out a blueprint of some sort and we have a pretty good roadmap of where we want to go. We're very excited about that.
2: I think 2024 is going to be a big year for Coffee and Candy.
1: Yep. We'll be down at Ultra Music uh, week. In March, right? Yeah, Miami
2: Music Week will be there, and I think it's March 18th through the 25th, maybe. Gonna check, take the dates exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be down there. We will be at Ultra. Mm-hmm. We might have an opportunity to attend the EDM Music Awards, which will be a great opportunity to network and meet, you know, other producers and, and players in the field. Um, and hopefully hook up with some of our friends along the way.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, quick little shout out to JM from the New York area. Shout out to um, J-C- JT Ofeis, who's down in the Miami area. Uh, we got a lot of great friends that we have been networking with
2: along the way let's not forget to give a shout out to our friend Vinny vibe right here in providence
1: yes absolutely he's been very instrumental in just guiding us and just giving his his uh, expertise on the industry period
2: without a doubt what else we got planned
1: uh well right now i'm trying to uh work on this solid sound where someone can listen to a record and instantly say that's coffee and candy We kind of toss back and forth about what is our sound? Do we have a sound? Are we DJs? Are we remixers? Are we producers? Are we artists? I think in order to really make it in this industry in 2024, you have to tap into a little bit of all those words that I just said. But do you agree on that?
2: 100%.
1: I know for you personally, uh, like the goal is to get into doing more production yourself um, to actually saying, here's my thought, I hear this vocal, I hear this production, I want to make a mashup, and just being able to to just do it, just say, I have the tools, I have the knowledge, and I have the resource to get in the studio and just bang it out, and I am quite confident
2: that that will be able to happen very quickly. Well, I'm looking forward to it, because that's, that's what I find to be most enjoyable. I don't... Uh... I get frustrated. We're in the studio and we have sort of like a mind block. You know, we have started a project, but we can't sort of figure out what the exact right next sound is to take it to the next level. And sometimes we got to save it and put it on the shelf for a while and start something new. I'm the type of guy that, you know, don't laugh at me. But when I was a kid, I used to love to be a landscaper. Right? Sure. That was my part time job. After the lawn was mowed, I'd get to step back and look at it and see a job finished. And sometimes when you're a music producer, there's a lot of unfinished product uh, lying around, if you know what I mean. That's why I like the set building. It has a definitive beginning and a definitive end. You know how many minutes it's going to be. You can pretty much decide how many songs you need. And that's it. You go to your library and you pull them. When we first
1: started working together and you really started to just... um, use the word or like analyze my space of how i do things in the studio and you just really observed me um one thing that like you had picked up on is that uh i try to do things in a, in a very fast pace in a few hours from start to finish make the whole remix the whole product and you were like hey why do you have to make it all today like what's the rush you know why why can't you Make it perfect. Don't just give yourself two hours and then just whatever happens at two hours, like, that's it. It's done. Time over. Like, there's no rush on this. And maybe now you're starting to feel, I don't know, that maybe you just understand it a little bit more. Because, well, if you don't finish it now, then it just becomes another file on the computer six months from now. Right?
2: One of the things (laughs) that I think is incredibly difficult about sort of producing a new song, a, a creating a new pro, a, a new sound or a yeah. new song opposed to building a set from existing tracks is that um, it's difficult to get your arms around the inventory of sounds. So for example, Endless. yeah, if, if you know that we're doing a 60-minute set because we got hired to do a show and we say to ourselves, okay, a minute a song, 60 songs, we come up with a couple of hundred we pair them down, and we figure out the parts, and it's like putting together a puzzle. And of course, the puzzle can be manufactured or put together in different ways. And the way that we finalize uh, the output is what we settle on, right? But but it's done. We've got that that defined universe of sound that we're going to work with. Yeah. But with all the plugins that we have, and all the different sounds, and even the different software, whether it's Logic, Pro Tools, Fruity Loops, and the list goes on. And, and you're trying to find a pluck or uh, a bass tone. I mean, there's just hundreds and maybe even thousands of options sometimes to, to make that one tone have so many different sounds. And it's almost as if the human mind can't inventory them all, audition them all, and then select the best one. And that's what I find to be the most frustrating about it.
1: It can be. Yeah, it's like
2: a wormhole yeah, in outer space.
1: It, it just You get lost in it it can be i find myself sometimes just going through just sound patches and sound patches and just like i just need the right one and then but i always seem to come across it 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 might be five minutes it might be five seconds and it might be five days um sometimes less is more i I think that's why rock bands were so successful because all they had is their guitar all they had is that bass all they had is that drum and they that that's it you just had to work work at what you had and by doing that you become extremely creative saying this is all i have to work with i, I need to perfect this instrument and get everything i can out of it and i think that's why back in the 60s in the 70s bands were just popping out albums like left and right and there was so much great material because they just they were forced to work with the little bit that they had. And when you have just a little bit, you can actually do quite a lot. When you have so much, it can become overwhelming. For sure. And you end up getting little uh, like results at the end. And sometimes I do find myself stuck in that. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're right. Absolutely. What I would actually like the opportunity to do this year, if possible, is either to acquire or rent or borrow some analog equipment. I think that having some of the analog equipment would really further my education and understanding about sound shaping and sound development.
1: Well, with the electronic field that like you're in, uh, it will be very interesting because just about everything we do, I think we had talked about this the other day, uh, is it's a digital signal it's a digital tone and then that tone's being shaped with oscillators and and, and all these different things that give it that uh sound shape whether it becomes a bass or an arpeggiator or a pluck or a a synth if you break it all down and strip it all down it's just a beep (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: right yeah sure um but so, having the physical devices in front of me and being able to manipulate all of these effects that are used to design the sound, I just think would help further my education as to how it all fits together.
1: More power to you. To me, that would be really overwhelming. Like, that would be overwhelming. I wouldn't know where to start, to be honest. Maybe no, I'm it, very spoiled with all my advanced toys. Um, but yeah, I if we get a, an opportunity to get our hands on some of that stuff. Sure,
2: or even just to get a tour of a studio where it already exists. Yeah, and somebody can walk us through it, and then it will just, you know, sort of like a field trip for the day to see how <laughs> it all works, to tinker for a number of hours, and then bring that and bring back that um, exploration that would happen in that environment back to our studio and see the digital components and yeah. how they all correlate.
1: First guy that comes to my mind is uh, Dead Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> He's someone that, you know, he prides himself, obviously, on all outboard analog gear, uh, like Cascade, too. Speaking of Cascade, just to cycle back around to the rooftop theme, um, if I'm wrong, correct me. But I think Cascade was one of the inspirations uh, for actually doing the rooftop set. You had showed me a couple of videos, one in particular, him. I think it was, uh, was it? Like the Golden State Bridge? Or Golden Gate Bridge. He Golden was Gate under, Bridge. Yeah, he
2: was under the Golden Gate Bridge or behind it uh, in California, and he sort of did like a, uh, we'll just call it a landscape set. Yeah. Art Bat has done a landscape set, um, a, a number of them actually, but one of them comes to mind that they did the, did in uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. There were a number of other artists that have done them. Um, you might remember during COVID, David Guetta did a couple. He did one in Dubai. Uh, oh, that's right. On top of the uh, that seven-star hotel. Yep. I can't think of the name of it. The All I can't think. Al Bras- about- Hotel. When
1: he presented the future rave yeah, genre exactly. to the world, which he- is like, what I think uh, is, is like, one of the best things in electronic music in the past
2: decade. He did another one um, in Miami. He did a third one um, in Paris outside of the Louvre, mm-hmm. the famous museum. Uh, Tiesto did one at the Edge in New York City. Uh, Armin Van Buren just did one in Dubai at the top of the tallest building in the world. So a lot of artists have been doing these um, landscape sets. Afrojack did one with Nicky Romero back to back uh, after the, uh, it must have been the uh, Amsterdam music convention that they had some years ago. He did it right in downtown Amsterdam on Mm -hmm. top of a building. So it's becoming more and more popular. So I just got the idea like, hey, no one's going to showcase Providence. We're the smallest city around. So why not it be us?
1: Exactly. But the inspiration came from somewhere. Definitely. All of
2: these artists collectively Mm -hmm. watching them, seeing them, being impressed with the imagery, knowing that we had Cody and his team capable of delivering Uh, So I'm glad we did it. And and I'm already thinking of different ideas to do another one next summer, sticking with the New England theme. Whether we go down to Newport, something in the bridge there, something in Cape Cod, there's big bridges there. I want to do another uh, landscape set as well next summer. I'm
1: hoping that we can get to the point where we can actually have a live little intimate crowd around us, too. Um, so that it, it's not just us with equipment on a rooftop. We actually have some people in front of us enjoying the
2: atmosphere,
1: which will just help us perform better. Sure. I right? think that's not a
2: bad idea at all. Just putting that out there. Uh, but and, and some of the inspirational sets that you were just mentioning had audiences. Yeah. Like the Art Bat in Brazil. They had a good group of people on top of uh, what's called Sugarloaf Mountain or the Ponga Zucca. On the other hand, Cascade, when he did his, with the backdrop of the Golden Gate Bridge, he was by himself. So different artists, different environments.
1: Sweet, well, with that being said, uh, we are gonna tie in the 30 minute audio segment of our Rooftop Sunset and uh, we hope you guys really enjoy the vibes that we put together for you.
2: Let's hear it. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy.
0: to lovers because the night belongs to love because the night belongs to lovers because the night belongs to us because the night
3: belongs to lovers because the night belongs to love because the night
2: tuned in with
3: coffee and candy.